and welcome to another episode of James Bond and Friends, a weekly podcast from your friends at MI6 HQ and MI6 Confidential Magazine. I'm Paul Atkinson. Today on the show, we're picking up where we left off, talking about From Brushwood Love. Now, on that episode, we promised you to talk about book covers and the film posters. Time ran long, we kind of agreed to cut it short and to revisit the film posters. So to do that again, I've assembled the same great panel. I've got Ben Williams, Peter Lawrence, David Lee, and Sean Longmore. Could you introduce yourselves, please? Hi, I'm Ben Williams. Uh, I studied both graphic design and design fundamentals. I currently write for mi6hq.com and the print magazine mi 6 Confidential, uh, where I've written about uh, James Bond art from the dust jackets of Richard Chopping to the promotional artwork for License to Kill. My name is Peter Lawrence. I run the blog um, Illustrated 007 because I very much like um, all the different artworks um, that have been created for James Bond over the years. And uh, recently, I've also um, created some marketing guides um, detailing the um, all the different things that were done for the campaigns for the Bond movies. This is David Lee. I run the James Bond dossier. I am the author of The Complete Guide to the Drinks of James Bond, and the last thing that I can remember painting was my living room. (laughs) Hello, um, I'm Sean Longmore. I've been a graphic designer for about eight years now. I'm currently working in the arts, um, but I've also been, over the past year, working on some fan projects looking at recreating James Bond Japanese posters and various vintage James Bond book covers. Thanks, everyone, for joining me again. This is going to be a good session, I think. Before we get started into the meat of it, where I'll get you to bring out a poster for a discussion, I thought we should talk quickly about the Frattini original and our, our opinions, thoughts, and how we think it might tie into the rest of the James Bond oeuvre, the campaign that was from Rush With Love and future Bond films. And I'll also call on David to tell us a very brief little bit about Frattini and who he was and some of his other work, so we can contextualize that. And then I'll throw to Peter, who's kindly agreed to tell us a little bit about some of the linguistic that goes on in terms of describing poster sizes and shapes, their purposes. So, uh, David, take it away. Okay, thank you, Paul. Um, Well, the From Russia With Love artwork was done by an Italian artist called Renato Frattini. I I didn't manage to find an awful lot about him, but he he specialised in uh, film posters in the 1950s and moved to London in 1958 to work for Eric Pulford at the Downton Agency. They produced posters for for Rank and uh, I think all the other large studios at the time, as well as from Russia with Love. He also did a number of the Carry On films as well. Cool. Thank you, David. Does anyone actually remember any of his other posters? And anyone bring anything else to mind? Is that a stupid question? It's not a stupid question. I I don't. I mean, I I, I have a very kind of blurry memory of carry-on posters couldn't name one particularly that's that was, that was his that stood out i don't know about anybody else <laughs> i i think the only one i can remember did he do um one of the barbarella posters as well i think uh. it's of a very similar style but it's very colorful it's very bright i mean he he um, Pratini had an, an, an incredible range of um of works because he he not only did film posters but also he did magazine illustrations he did book cover illustrations for example and he did you know, he did a lot of the British movies. So, you know, he, to my knowledge, he never worked in the US. So, so that's why, you know, his work is mostly focused on the um, UK posters. And he did some very nice ones and also, you know, some very um, interesting ones. And um, I believe I read somewhere that he used to work very, very fast because he wanted to be out of the office by, by, by 3 p.m. the latest because then it was off <laughs> because he worked in Soho. He was off, uh, um, you know, running around, getting drinks and having a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I, 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 one of the things I did read about him was that he was a bit of a party animal, and mm-hmm. after London he moved to Mexico, but died quite young of a heart attack, I believe. Stay safe out there, everyone. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think Soho and Mexico will do that to you. Um, yeah, you probably. No, but I, I think what I find fascinating is that with the um, with the original, you know, UK court poster, he kind of invented the classic James Bond pose because this is the first time. Okay, it's only the second movie, but this is kind of the first time that we see this pose where kind of you know Bond is holding the gun, you know, towards his face, head, chin. I'm kind of you know I grew up with this whole thing, and for me it was always looked like perfectly cool and everything. But when you think about it. It's kind of odd that you kind of, you know, should take a gun and almost caress it to your face. Where does that thing come from? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but but now for us it's all okay. That's James Bond, and and of course you know this you know classic pose was then reused up until you know whatever Moonraker uh, or even you know um, yeah pretty much Moonraker I think was the last time it was used, but you know pretty much in every movie. Uh, yeah, it even it, it kind of came back, I suppose, with the Brosnan films. When I think of Tomorrow Never Dies and Die Another Day, those posters had Brosnan in a very similar pose. True, yeah, absolutely. There was there was some promotional um, pictures for Doctor No, which had him, uh, which had Sean Connery posing with um, the the Walther PP very close to his face as well. You know, uh, <laughs> which is almost sort of sniffing it. Yeah. Which I found kind of kind of interesting. So I wonder whether that was, you know, uh, because obviously I'm assuming that these these artworks were kind of taken from a photo session. I would imagine. I, I, from my, what I, I remember, that was that's the reason why we've got a Walther air pistol as opposed to a you know a PP or a PPK in the actual painting. I'm assuming that they took a, a series of kind of promotional stills or, or, or at least reference artwork for the artists to draw. The funny thing is that actually the picture that Fratini used in the British Court on the in the you know original artwork is a photo from Dr. No uh, without the gun. And then there was a photo session actually done in the US by I hope I get the name right, David Hearn, you know, where which is kind of this which you just mentioned, the, the, the classic water air pistol. But as far as I know, uh, Frattini didn't have that um, access to that photo shoot. He had a few other reference photos, but he also made up a lot because oh. um, there is um, there is one poster book where they uh, also released his concept drawings for the um, uh, for the poster art, and he actually played. You know, he created a lot of different designs where um, he's also holding a different gun. And one of the designs is actually based on a film still that was taken for the pre-title sequence where you know um, Bond or well the lookalike of Bond is stalked in the in, in the gardens. And I have no idea. I mean, that's probably the also the work of Eric Pulford. So I'm not quite sure, you know, how much influence was actually by Eric Pulford and and then Fratini just did the painting, or if it was a joint effort. But then again, that's probably lost in time. What's interesting to me is, in terms of composition, actually having the longer barrel pistol actually makes it like it it brings something extra to it. If it had been the shorter PP or the PPK, you know, that um, that are being used in Doctor No. Um, or, or even you know uh, the actual PPK they used in From Russia with Love. 
it, it might not have balanced as well. I think it's a stronger image because it's a longer barrel pistol. I don't know. It's just, that's my opinion. No, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, that's why um, previously you mentioned Piers Brosnan. Um, that's why I always said, like, if they had a Walter PPK, they added a um, um, suppressor, how do you call it, silencer, to, to, mm -hmm. to, to the Walter PPK to just make it bigger. I mean, I, I don't want to go into the implications there, why that is important, but... Um, I was going to yeah, say size doesn't always matter. More impressive. I was, I was kind of meaning more from a composition perspective but yes i do see you as well this poster i i absolutely love it it's my favorite of all the bond posters uh, i've actually got a, a large copy at the top of our stairs which is uh and some, something amusing about that is that a few years ago uh we had one of our neighbors come in to look after our cats while we were at away I think in Budapest or somewhere and uh, um, she's Russian and I, afterwards I thought god uh, I wonder if I should have taken the poster down <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's my favorite poster too uh, David and I actually when I turned 40 I used this well this and also I did another one for Thunderball as well but I um, which I turned into 40 ball uh, but I used this um, this this poster as my invitation to my, my birthday party And where it says James Bond is back, I changed it to Ow My Back. Um, <laughs> please, please tell me you put your face on Connery's. I, I, I did not. I, I basically just changed a lot of the text around um, to, to be jokes around my age. Um, Mine got lost in the post, Ben. Uh, well, I didn't think you were going to make the trip from Spain, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Um, But uh, yeah, I'll I'll, um, I'll I'll see if I can find it and I'll put it uh, put it in the chat at some point. Coming back to that classic pose, I was just trying to work out if you ever see his legs in this one because along with the gun on the face, the cross legs has sort of become an icon as well. Does anyone know when that sort of started to become in vogue in Bond poster and Bond art? Was that later? Funnily, the, the cross legs were invented by the artist Robert McGuinness for Thunderball. Um, because there's this classic um, Connery in a diving suit um, surrounded by, la um, by ladies. I mean, there's one where he's kind of kneeling down and there's one where he's standing up. And that was actually the first time that the crossed legs appeared. And then with You Only Live Twice, that's when you finally got the kind of iconic tuxedo, gun-to-head, um, crossed legs uh, uh, pose. That's, that's when it finally emerged. And then it was kind of reused and reused later on. So it's a combination of Frattini's work and uh, the work of Robert McGuinness. There's um, something else which is quite interesting and it's worth taking a look at is the Irish version of this poster where they've given the, the women a, a bit more to wear. <laughs> True, yes, I've I actually, I have several, um, you know, because I kind of always collect, um, when I can get hold of it, um, variations of the posters. And there are actually three, I've got, I found three different variations of the British court where they by hand painted, you know, proper dresses or, or, or stuff over the, uh, um, over the women to make it less risky. Yeah, so it's almost like they've got thermal underwear on when you look at them. <laughs> I was actually doing a bit of Googling because I had a latent memory of the From Russia With Love video game producing some, you know, the EA offering, producing some renders <laughs> of Sean with his legs crossed. And I was like, that was probably what I was remembering when I was picturing From Russia With Love and the legs crossed situation. <laughs> so they retroactively imported the, the crossed legs to the video game artwork. 
And I'm glad I'm not going crazy. No, no, you're definitely not. No, they, um, I'm looking at that right now. They actually had a um, three-dimensional figure of Sean Connery rendered in, in high detail, which they actually used for a lot of the uh, marketing material and also for the cutscenes. Yeah, and they used the, the classic pose. Um, One of the best de-aging jobs of the century, eh? Maybe we can pause here and ask Peter to introduce a little bit of the, some of the terminology, because yeah. obviously we bandy around the, the phrases sort of like quad and one sheet and half sheet and all of this sort of stuff. So help me and our listeners to understand a little bit better sort of what sizes and shapes and sort of. Um, absolutely, I'm happy to. Um, although I will kind of kind of focus a little bit on the, on, the, on the main countries because otherwise it would be become a very long podcast. So so interestingly enough, the the classic British poster, which is called the British Court, is usually a landscape poster, which not many countries do, interestingly. And what's also interesting is that the main poster format in each country has roughly similar dimensions to a British court poster. So when you go, for example, to Germany, being German, we called our posters DIN A1, uh, which is a very precisely defined dimension for a poster. Um, So um, France and Italy opted for larger size, kind of is almost like twice or actually pretty much more than twice the size of, of a British court. So they have a, like the French large, which is like one meter forties times a meter, no, roughly. Or the Italian poster, like the, 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 the two folio, which is um, also like very large. The Spanish, again, they have a pretty much the same uh, portrait size poster like, like the Germans. And of course, you know, you've got the United States, we have a whole uh, range of poster formats. Um, but the one sheet, again, is roughly the same size as a court, but in, in, in portrait format. Now, of course, when you when you go to Asia, there, especially Japan, there are a huge variety of, of, of poster sizes. What I find really interesting with the UK is the only uh, country where the default poster size is uh, horizontal, while most of the countries um, have, you know, the portrait format. Yeah, I mean, I think from an aesthetic perspective, it's sort of, I think we're used to having, we're so used to having a portrait poster, aren't we, now? I mean, it's it's kind of... You know, it, it seems sort of a little strange to uh, you. You wouldn't go to the cinema now and see a see a, a landscape quad now, would you? I don't suppose. Well, I don't. I don't know. We we still have them. I I still see them a lot in UK cinemas. No. Landscape quad. It just sort of makes a little bit of sense when you think that I guess pictures, the, the cinema, the pictures are. Um, <laughs> No, I just wanted to say that that it actually for me it makes sense because I mean a screen, you know, is not in portrait format. And I also for, for me it's more cinematic to 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 see a you know a landscape poster. Yeah, I like I it too. Like I that. just think it's interesting that like you're, we're kind of sort of conditioned to think of the poster in kind of portrait. And yeah, I think you're I think you're right. It is I guess it is more sort of um, cinematic. But nowadays because of like in the way and, and Sean will uh, back me up on this is, you know, in the, in the way in which you design everything in a kind of a, a almost a kind of a pyramid style now, like it, it, that kind of lends its, that kind of works within a, um, you know, a portrait. I, I, I suppose it's as we move more towards photographic posters as well, often a lot of studio photography that's done in promotion for films will be taken in portrait because you're just taking a, an image of a singular person. So I guess as we sort of adapt to that medium, the 
sort of shape and size of posters has kind of adapted to that as well. I suppose it's just a natural thing and how we then, if you look at things like the rule of thirds and all the, like, the technical design stuff, um, it's just, it's, I suppose it's easier for you to center an image in the center of a portrait poster rather than a landscape poster. And also, I suppose, titles, which you would traditionally write landscape, horizontal. There's, uh, there's more something as we expect titles to be either positioned at the top or the bottom of a poster. But when you're designing a poster landscape, if you're positioning a title at the bottom and running it all the way across the bottom, it's taking up a lot more space that could be used for image or credits, etc. I was wondering if it was a sort of a case of um, function dictates form in the sense that, you know, you see a lot of bus shelters with posters on them or like, you know, what's the shape of a window? It's not often landscape, it's often portrait. You know, you need to be able to fit these things into the spaces that they are designed to sit in. And I guess unless you've got, you know, a cinema with, you know, custom built cabinetry for your quad posters it's probably much easier to hang a one sheet in a window. They, I, I can still remember the time when they put posters on easels <laughs> in, in, in the lobby of a cinema. You know, you'd go in and uh, there, there would be an easel, something would just be on that, showing my age. No, I'm, I'm jealous of that because you, you would have got to go in cinemas and seen things like lobby cards and various promo yeah. stuff that was made like that, and I never, get, I never grew up to see that, so I'm very jealous. Remember when we used to go to the cinema? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of how how that format has actually informed a lot of the way in which we see bond posters as well. And I know this is a slight tangent, but if you think about Fiorides only and that classic kind of through the legs shot that you have, um, and that's that again, it's that kind of that pyramid that you you know is very striking, kind of leads the eye in that particular way. And that wouldn't have worked as really uh, a portrait poster, you know. That it, it was designed around its its parameters. I think I think what's interesting about that one in particular is if you do look at the portrait version that they did, they take away the action around the side, or they reduce the action around the sides. So the the legs sort of become the main focal point, whereas in the original landscape, the focal point is actually the action going on around and the legs are just a sort of framing device for james bond yeah it is interesting sorry let's uh, <laughs> back to back to from russia with love well um, i was going to maybe foreshadow david's views on sort of the, some of the more contemporary posters by saying this one even though i find it beautiful is arguably quite busy by comparison with certainly things in the craig era but even potentially some of the the more in Brosnan kind of late 80s, early 90s poster style. There's a lot going on here, and there's a lot of literal sort of mm. iconography from the film, which and then if you hark back to the, the book, we're not seeing in the chopping cover, we're seeing more figurative or, um, you know, yeah, figurative I think is the right word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the cinema viewers had very limited sources of informing themselves what is this whole thing about i mean do i want to see that movie because nowadays you know we go on the internet we we just look at the, at the trailer or, or read reviews or whatever i mean in 1963 you know you, you might have bought you know if you were in london like time time out magazine or you saw something in a newspaper um you might have heard on radio spots um, but that was pretty much it so the the poster designers had actually to cram, you know, all, you know, so what is this movie about? And when you look at the poster, 
Right. So it's it's a, about a cool guy with a gun and a lot of action and a lot of girls. And so that you had to convey kind of the entire richness of a movie in one single image, which very often led to to quite busy posters. And I think I'm I'm always impressed how the artists did manage to. Um, still create some kind of balance. And, and when you look at the negative space on the poster, of course, which was partially filled with text, but it, it, it's still a, a composition because, you know, you've got Connery quite strong and big and, you know, it's a big black thing in, in, in the foreground. And then, you know, you've got actually a lot of uh, women. It's kind of kind of always risky for 1963 that you that you say, like, okay, you've got, you know, you've got four semi-clad women and then you've got a little bit of action in the background. And yes, I mean, you've got actually a picture of Istanbul in there. So the, the movie is called From Russia With Love, but there is actually nothing that says Russia on that post, at least, you know, uh, you in terms of, of hammer and, You've got a tiny hammer and sickle in there, and that's that's the only thing that kind of um, would, would give you any hint of, of that. Um, it's also interesting yeah. to me, Peter, when you talk about, you know, the, the women that are, uh, that are in the, 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 paint, the, the, the poster, is, is their scale compared to each one another, you know, and how the action is scaled as well. And it's kind of like, you know, the helicopter representing the action and the location of the mosque is kind of just pushed into the corner a little bit. Tanya's looming large in that, but like where they're positioned, it's, it's kind of an interesting composition in, in a sense, really. Whereas if you look at McGuinness's, you know, Thunderball poster, it, it has that kind of triangular shape to it, you know, where it was Bond is center. And even though there was as many sort of women in that picture, they are, they're kind of scaled proportionally to him. He's, they are next to him rather than being separated objects within the, within the frame, so to speak, if you know what I mean. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm known for being a great McGuinness admirer, but one has to say that, you know, he basically, his his compositions were usually to scale with all the different figures. And, and while Frattini, when you look at his work here and From Russia With Love, it's actually has created a really very dynamic, very eye-catching and beautiful mm. composition. And, and what I find amazing is that, you know, this was done in the 60s, so you couldn't just go into Photoshop and just scale the things up and down a little bit until it looks right. You know, he just, you know, must have done a few sketches and then said, went like, oh, yeah, fine, I go for it. And so he must have had an, an amazing eye for composition and colors and, 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 and all of these uh, things. So, you know, I'm, I'm very impressed with that poster. Especially when you also look at the, the gypsy fighting girls are framed uh, in front of the frame, which, are, you know, which is a, you know, not something, a technique you see a lot more of these days, I would say, but like it would have been, a, it, I, it would have been, I think, something that was fairly interesting and directional back then to kind of bring them out of the, um, of the poster, so to speak. It kind of, you know, makes it seem more kind of 3D in a, in, in a, in a way. They could be out of a, a horror movie poster as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. True. It does have that, that, that quality to it. Uh, this is one of the few Connery posters that pretty much exclusively uses direct imagery from the film itself. A lot of the others are sort of very heightened realism or bond with either very, very minor female characters or female characters that don't appear in the film at all. And I, I wonder if that's part of why we look back at this one so fondly is it is actually a really good representation of the film. It's not sort of, it's not heightening all, heightening all that. 
what Frattini did was actually then kind of reused all over Europe in variations. So, so most of the European countries kind of used the imagery, kind of altered it a bit. But when we look at the um, other European posters, I mean, there's a very strong similarity um, of, in, of, of all the European uh, posters, I think, except for, um, for Italy. But I think somebody else wanted to speak about that. Should we take that as our cue? I guess, yeah. <laughs> I, I forget who put their hand ah, up so for that, the Italian. That was me. Sorry, I didn't know if poster. you wanted to go and talk about because we've all, um, for anyone listening, we've all sort of picked one out, um, and we've mostly stuck to all the European ones. But I was the one that's picked the different Italian one just to be a little bit awkward. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, Sean, would you like to tell us about the Italian poster? Yeah, I don't know much factually, um, so maybe <laughs> tell you us why could... you liked it, why you chose it. That's that's more important. This is about feelings. <laughs> I'm only, yeah, so I'm just looking at it from the point of view as a later Bond fan and as someone who really does it does design and stuff like that. Um, I, I like, I suppose partially what I find interesting about this one is that it is different. So if there's, uh, Peter will probably know more about why it is so different. Um, so I'd certainly like to dive into that. But I'd li- I also, I like the, the sort of balance here that you get between um, the lead figure's so you get Bond uh, to turn you on his right and then the belly dance on his left. Um, but then you also get direct snippets of action that are sort of then each represented with a different color and it's all just sort of framed. It's kept into a very neat sort of rectangular frame. I don't know. I just There's something composition-wise that really I'm really attracted to. I'm really attracted to the different use of color. I think it's very highly detailed. There's a lot of detail in there. I like how they've used the color and sort of the 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 streaks of color remind me of a watercolor painting, but the detail of the characters is much greater than you'd expect in a typical kind of watercolor painting. So I, I think that kind of like almost mixed medium effect is really striking. I, 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 like, I like the blue at the bottom of it as well. Yeah, it's kind of it kind of separates it off into sort of like a, like two thirds of the action is above, and then it's got that bottom third of blue that kind of you know separates it out i think it's very striking because of that right yeah, and that, that blue sort of frames all the text as well i suppose anyone listening that will know my style as a designer and my style of the bond posters i create i like to put a lot of things in a very small space so i can kind of i kind of i get i get this sort of like it sings to me on that kind of level i like also that the um the, the bottom text of um you know uh, saltzman and broccoli terence young john barry if you kind of squint at it a little bit it kind of looks like a barcode it's, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why it just like, just just jumped out of me new glasses that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'll just put my glasses on. Oh no, I can read it. Are they breaking a rule of design by having Connery in the picture multiple times? The most of the posters you see, you'll see a, a hero Connery, and then some of the subsidiary characters or iconography from around this. But this one, he's in about three of the different vignettes. Well, he's he's in all of them. So you've got him with a sniper rifle, him punching Red Grant, him running away from the helicopter, then Red Grant sort of got him in a. I don't know what is it. It's not really a chokehold. I'm not sure. Um, um, I, I, it probably is, but I do that too on my work. And I, we do see that later in some Bond posters. The one that springs to mind is the Thunderball poster that's divided into look up, look out, look. I um, can't remember the third one. Um, but he's in a jetpack, he's underwater. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of showing the variation. I suppose you're communicating to an audience that 
this guy is going to get into lots of scrapes and situations. So yeah, it's it's not the code name theory; it's more the multiple bond theory. <laughs> <laughs> They're all James Bond. All of the agents are James Bond. They just wear those prosthetic masks. I, I, I think I re- I really do. I like that though. I like that this poster is centralizing on James Bond as a character himself, whereas a lot of the other from Russia with Love posters, you you get James Bond front and center, but then they surround him with women. And they're sort of selling the sort of sexiness of James Bond and the style, whereas this one is specifically selling it as sort of an action movie. There's a very different vibe here to the other posters. So ironically, they they picked an Italian artist to do the the British quad poster. Then, you know, and so it's Bond and, and women. And then in Italy, though, they decided not to go with that and uh, just go for action mainly what's what's interesting about what sean just said in terms of like it, it focusing on uh, on a uh, on the action and, and on bond it remind and and put, making the bond women sort of secondary to that it reminds me of the approach that they took for the casino royale film titles you know which is about bond and it's about his action it's not scantily clad women it's about you, you know, it's, it's it's akin to that in terms of what it's trying to communicate. I got, I, sorry, I got very confused there for a second because I, I suddenly in my head pictured lots of gold trumpets and angels and things. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? what? Wrong Casino Royale. <laughs> that was sorry because we're in full yeah. 60s mode that was the one that came into my head like, oh, you know they, they, they they're kind of focused on for, for for women on so many of these these posters um and, and also in the in, in the title sequences of, of the films it's really interesting to see that kind of like no let's focus on this character and let's focus on the action that happens within this and I, I think in that sense that the, the, the message that's being communicated or the tone that's being communicated is very similar. I, I think it's particularly interesting with this film since it has love in the title as well. Um, which yeah. is, so it, it's, it's something when you hear the title, you kind of think of something romantic. You think of something a little bit sexy. So it is interesting that they went down a different route. And they, they still do have female characters and there is still some uh, sexual representation here. It's still, it's the action is where your eye kind of goes straight away. And interestingly as well, they have Titania in the centre of the poster and Bond is sort of lined up in the left third. I was just about to say that he's not actually the the, the central figure in this, uh, even though he appears multiple times, uh, he's not he's not front and centre in, in it. It's, it's actually Titania's who is central in the poster. It's interesting. I, I, I've just noticed something interesting about this poster from a credits point of view, which is Joanna Harwood is credited in rather... Right, essentially, because she isn't on the British poster. Are you just showing off your new glasses now, David? Is that what you, you say? <laughs> Just because I can only see barcode. You don't have... <laughs> no, that that is interesting. Actually, I'm I'm flicking through my book here with some of the others. Um, she she is she shares a credit with Richard Maybaum on the French one, um, but she is credited on the American one as well. Actually, quite large. It's really interesting because when you talked about barcodes, I, I blanked out the fact that you know that Cubby's name and Terence Young's name are actually even on the poster because I was so focused on everything within the bounds of the blue bark. The stuff that fell outside of that was literally just sort of like <laughs> in the peripheral vision. So I only just noticed really that, that they do have quite prominent positioning, but just through the, the act of the design, you've ended up with something that's potentially less prominent. There's a lot of different um, font styles going on as well, which is kind of... I guess is 
par for the course on on posters and things but it's just uh you know considering that that could normally be quite distracting it's actually it's cohesive rather than um you know messy i i was just gonna say as well on the typeface it's interesting is the credit typeface they've used is and i need to i need to go away and do more research on this but it's the same typeface that is now used on pretty much any film poster when you get mm-hmm. the credits very small at the bottom but it is different to the one we see on the British and the other posters. Uh, I'm I'm a bit of a font nerd, typeface nerd, if you want to call it that. Uh, there's some great uh, websites. Uh, one of them, which is called What the Font, which you can you know, identify fonts well if you don't already have uh, an extensive knowledge of them. Yeah, it's it's really interesting that that has essentially become the go-to kind of movie font, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, I think it's very impactful. I think it works really well. It lasted longer than Serpentine, and that's just... Oh. <laughs> that's just I love Serpentine right? so much. I'm leading a revolution to bring it back. <laughs> it, it feels very dated all of a sudden, right? Like that's Serpentine. With its, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. They're scrunched-up letters that are italic, so they're quite hard to read, and then they're also really wide, so they're difficult to position. So it's fantastic. It's great. I, I love the challenge of using it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the nineties, it immediately made all your fan art calls. So you know. Well, I had to Google it because I had no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the MI6 logo yeah, used to be did. serpentine. Oh, right. um, didn't, I didn't. It wasn't keeping the British end up written in in serpentine as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I wish I'd have seen that. Um, and I, I pointed out on a we were doing a watch along for James Bond Junior. and. I think that James Bond Jr. is the first place where that pops up in the James Bond franchise, which, of course, would have been just after Lethal Weapon sort of like popularized it at the time. I thought probably David's poster next because they're similar in a lot of ways, but... What have, you, what have you got for us, David? Well, I had to fight a bit with Sean over this, but uh, which is why he got the the Italian poster. But uh, I've, I've got the Spanish poster, and uh, I I picked it because I find it a bit weird in in the way Connery is painted. You know, it's clearly been influenced by the the British quad, but you know, it's it's Sean Connery repainted, but not as well. Um, and it, it's kind the, the colours are kind of water color-ish, uh, you know, a, a bit like the Paul was saying for the Italian poster. And uh, Tanya, I don't know, she's, she's looking a bit startled there, but it, it, in a, a very different position from, from the British quad, the, you know, you can see that Fighting Girls has been taken basically a, a dire, direct copy of the of the British one. But you, you've got a bit more action. You, you've got the girls there and you've got a, a bit of action. You've got Istanbul in the background with the, the mosque. So, you, you know, you've got the helicopter and uh, Bond running and you've got Bond and, and Grant fighting. You know, it, it gives you a, a hint, I guess, of, of what's to come, you know, you know, a bit of bit of love and a bit of violence. I, I absolutely, I love the colour scheme on this one. I think it's really interesting that um, Zora and Vida, the two fighting girls here, have been sort of painted into a lovely sort of pink outfit and a lovely yellow outfit. It's absolutely nowhere near what they were in the film, but it looks really nice. What's interesting now that I think about it is that 
Um, all all the early Bond films were rated 18 in Spain. Uh, well, I can't remember the exact classification now, and, and which means that I, I saw On a Majesty's Secret Service a few years ago on the big screen in Barcelona, and I was surprised that it was rated a, 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 as an 18. So I, I looked, I looked into it, and I found it's just you know it's probably there was a bit too much sex for the the Franco re- regime. You know they were you know very puritanical and uh, big uh, ties to the church. But pro-violence, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they like, liked executing people and so on, but they just didn't like sex. <laughs> they, made, and, they made very nice desk lights during that time, so, uh, you know, you, you've got to forgive them then. I was also going to ask you, David, if you were ID'd at the cinema. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't let me in. Yeah, and uh, but and so it, it, it's it's curious that whereas one Catholic country, Ireland, it, it overpaints uh, underclad women. Spain, Spain doesn't. But then, what what's interesting here? What they've they've done here is they've painted Titania into a sort of blue, it's a very sort of posh looking frock very posh dress here rather than because in the uh, in the original promo shots in the film she's in just in bed sheets isn't she yeah you're right yes yes so they they have done the same thing yeah yeah well spotted thank you for that yeah and uh, joanna harwood's also uh, been credited here as as doing the adaptation so uh, i think that's interesting it's 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 not my my favorite it's not my favorite poster by by a long way but I just think it's uh, it, it's interesting the direction they took. I think the colours are lovely as well on it, and you know it's very easy on the eye, isn't it? It's very pretty. I like the colours a bit stronger they, yeah. for, for me, or maybe maybe it's my screen, but they feel, it feels a bit pastel to me. It is very pastel. It is very muted and pastel. You're right. Which is, which is I think, they are quite muted. I think it, it is very pastel. But what I like is, but it also makes. Connery pop. But I also think it's kind of unusual for for, for an action film, uh, especially a Bond film, to have this kind of muted pastel and also kind of slightly blurry. Uh, um, again, that could just be my glasses. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think it's quite. I think it's quite easy on the eye, and the sort of poster I'd quite like to have up in my office, you know, like hanging up. Whereas you know, some, some other. I, I think it's. I think it feels more kind of artistic in that sense you know it's like a i was reflecting on the you know the conversation we had where peter pointed out that this is the main way that you understand what's in a film to that end it's also going to be competing in the cinema or on Mm. the streets with you know a dozen other films you could possibly go and see and the fact that it is so muted in sort of a softer tone might make you sort of like even less inclined to pay it attention by comparison with some of the other yeah, sort of so, yeah, pop art exactly. style posters of the era. I also feel like in some senses when you have a lot of similar artwork side by side, it's very hard to kind of, um, you know, pick something out of that mix. Where, yeah, yeah, you need to you need to stand out somehow. Yeah, and actually, and, and so you need to be different. Yeah. And by not standing out, it kind if of everyone is out, shouting, yeah. If that makes sense. I, I think, sorry, while we're talking about that pastel colour, what we have here is sort of one of the, or what I can think of as one of the very few examples in the James Bond franchise of posters sort of matching up with the previous film. So this poster, in terms of colour and composition and layout, I assume they're by the same artist, but it, it's very close to the Dr. No poster. I guess they were trying to replicate that success, even with down to like the little skulls in the zero. That's something that is on the Doctor No poster um, for for oh, yeah, Spain. I noticed those. Um, 
so I, I guess that pastel color is sort of a follow-on from the color scheme that the artist used on that. I don't know if Peter knows a bit more about that than I do. Yeah, I mean, um, I think you're you're spot on because the um, they are both by the same artist. And I assume, I mean, what we always need to consider is that this is, you know, not art or anything. This was usually done under immense time pressure very quickly. And the main objective was sell the movie and get people into the theater. So, and of course, if you have a, a previously successful film like Dr. No, you will try to, to pick up on that by actually having similarities in the poster design for, for the next movie. I mean, you can see that with, you know, with all modern movies, because I mean, nowadays they always come in like trilogies or, or even more. And of course, you try to create an, uh, you know, a recognition factor uh, with the whole thing. And, you know, this is now nowadays with the Bond movies, with the latest advertising campaigns taken to the extreme, because essentially you've, you've got Bond in the middle, Usually even nowadays in black and white, not even color anymore. And then you got, you know, you used to have the full 007 logo. Now, when you look at No Time to Die, for example, they don't even bother with that anymore. They just take, you know, the zero and the seven. So it is all about the, you know, uh, that people recognize what it is. And the, the, the Dr. No and Formation was Love have a lot of similarities because you got, you know, you got women, violence. When you look at the original Dr. No, it's actually not even Connery shown properly because he wasn't known back then. Of course, it has changed after Dr. No, um, so they made him bigger and more prominent in, um, in From Russia With Love. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, a succession of, of, of imagery. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you pull the, the latest, that you mentioned the latest Craig ones as an example there. I think you're spot on with that. Is That's one of the only other few times I can think of sort of like posters following on from each other in Bond. And it's like someone there must have gone, well, Skyfall was a success. The film was a success, so let's replicate that campaign. And I suspect a similar thing would have happened here. Anything else to add for Spain? Or shall we ask Ben to no. tell us about his poster? Uh, I'm happy to move on to me if you if you want to. No one's else got anything to say? Uh, I, I don't think I've got anything to say about my pick, mate. I thought it was appropriate that you got loved with Spain. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's one of the reasons I went for it. But it's it's you know, it's also the composition. It's uh, I I think I looked I looked for Spain's poster just just out yeah, of curiosity. I think it's beautiful. I think it, you, like Ben said, it's sort of something you could put on your wall, and it would almost blend in, and people would it wouldn't scream. I'm a James Bond nerd. Although other things on your wall might. Hey. All right, shall we move on to uh, Ben? Tell us, tell us about your picture. Mine is the the French poster. Uh, again, like uh, Sean, I don't know a huge amount about it. I know that the artist was Boris Brinson, and I've picked this one part for for sort of two reasons, really. Uh, well, three, if I'm going to count the fact that I just picked it very randomly at the beginning of the the show. Uh, initially, it I, I like. I just like the, the the colors that I use and the composition of it. Um, it's uh, and we talked a little bit about this prior to the recording that how some elements of the original uh, Frattini poster were copied, for want of a better word, for uh, for, for other markets, uh, other territories. And so this this is obviously a kind of a um, another artist's take on the Frattini poster, but but done by by a different artist and. 
one of the things, you know, it, it, I, I think that in terms of composition, it's really, um, really nice. I like the colors that are used. When you look a little closer at it and when you start to kind of examine it, there, there are a couple of things that are kind of seem very incongruous about it. There's very little um, action uh, within it. Uh, so there's nothing that's really kind of other than kind of, you know, Bond holding a gun. It doesn't really give you a sense of uh, of what happens in the film. You've got this kind of, so Tanya's kind of been painted in uh, very similarly to the, to the Frattini poster, but then Red Grant is in there shadowing behind Connery, but done in a very kind of different artistic style. So it's almost like it belongs to a different artist or a different painting. Instead of looking in any way menacing, he just sort of looks like a like he's had a really long day at work, and he's just. Kind he of, looks like a ghost. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> he's sort of like. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a spoiler. Yeah, he's like, "Hi, honey. Hi, honey. I'm home." <laughs> uh, he's just, he's just like so, so over it. He's like, "Do I have to? Do I have to follow Bond?" And, uh, <laughs> he, he looks like he's really like lucked out on this assignment. Who are the the three women on his shoulder? And exactly, like not only not only are they painted in an entirely different style to Grant and the rest of the painting, the rest of the poster, they just they look sort of like a bit like an afterthought. They're they're very much like the kind of what I would sort of say French fashion. You you know when you when you do illustrations for. Vogue. You know, for French fashion <laughs> magazines, it's weird like that. Yeah, Vogue. It's that sort of style, which again doesn't match the rest of the composition. But do you do you, do you think that the the, the uh, design was completed by the artist, and uh, they said, no, no, this isn't good enough. There aren't enough women here. Yeah. Can somebody just throw in and add a few women. It doesn't matter if it's the uh, same I style. I was just thinking yeah. we talked about I, I, how, I, how how much you know they're under time pressures to produce a product here. They were just like, oh, just just do some line art in the background. Throw it in. And I think you know, and the artist has signed the signed his name very kind of prominently. In in the in the poster artwork, which is kind of also a bit like unusual, I suppose. I don't you don't see that very often. Um, so I guess well, the, one of the things I was kind of wanting to talk about with this this poster is is that on first impressions, it seems like a like a really kind of good poster. But the more you look at it, the more you realize how bad it is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I like I like it. I like the colours and uh, the, the the yellow the yellow and reddish um, Istanbul it looks yeah looks really kind of vibrant to me and and so on. But yeah, yeah so it, it, it is odd when you think about it. Yeah, it would be really nice, wouldn't it? If on the like so on the on the right side of the poster, Istanbul is rendered really quite nicely, and you do get a little bit of the boat action at the bottom. Although you know, there's nothing to really suggest that anything action is happening there they could just be on a pleasant pleasure cruise but if they'd have done the left side of the poster with that same kind of style and detail perhaps this would have been a more interesting thing it's felt like a little bit like he spent a really long time doing you know um doing the mosque and then just went oh shit i've got like 20 minutes left to do red grant and the, the expression on tanya's face here though is like oh how long do i have to hold this pose yeah, she's, and and also what's interesting as well with with Frattini's, 
uh, poster because obviously this is a very close facsimile of that in terms of uh, of, of uh, Sean's pose, right? They haven't. He hasn't quite caught that little smirk that that is on the the the, the British quad. It's there. It's a little there, but it's. But one of the things I really love about the British quad is is the way that you know they've caught something about Connery's kind of wry sardonic humor. It's in there, right? Whereas this is just just slightly missing it, I think. So yeah, I, I think it is a really nice poster. I really like it in terms of the the colors and how bold it is. I like the way that all of the the text is kind of in in the the lower. Um, lower right third like that and it is quite bold to to have done and it's nice because it's it's on black and it's and it's punchy and it stands out yeah i i think you know it's something that like on further examination doesn't necessarily hold up as well and yeah i don't think we, we should pick things just because we we super like them i think we should pick them because we can pull them apart and say that isn't that controversially great. though i think i quite like the rendition of sean i you know, I put them side by side with the Fratini, and I quite like the the Lego hairstyle of the <laughs> of the current Sean, <laughs> and just those sharp, yeah. bold lines make it kind of appealing. Whereas there's almost no detail yeah. in Sean's hair in the Fratini poster, whereas you get a sense of texture yeah. and light. That's true. Yeah, and he seems sort of slimmer and taller somehow in in this poster. You know, from where he's positioned in it and. It's kind of like it's it's um I, I like I like how he's framed within the poster as well, you know, where where his eyes are at, where he's positioned. I think it's works a little better for me than 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 the actual uh, Frattini quad, although that I think is a overall a better poster. I, I think there's a lot of observations I can make <laughs> here. And I might I might sound like a bit of a wanker saying some of them, so I do apologize. I think uh, it would be really interesting to go back to, say, Paris in 1963 and see this poster in place and see how the sort of the audience and the public perceive it. It almost, in a way, evokes a sense of like the Art Nouveau about it. It's kind of a bit more relaxed to look at than the others. It's the word when I when I look at it immediately, I think that is really beautiful. But it's not action-packed. It doesn't make me want to go see an action film. And it's almost as if the artist obviously had Frattini's original, but then was looking at the promotional photography from the film, which a lot of it would have been the scenes in Bond's hotel room um, or the shots of Titania. It, so that's the kind. It's that vibe of the beautiful and the romantic that I think the artists really sort of captured here. And one thing that I do that I do really, really love is the way that the artist has blended the bottom of Titania's dress into sort of this pink paint. Um, it's something that one of the few things that bothers me about the Fratini version, obviously the Fratini version is very sketchy. It feels very different stylistically. You look at this and you see that it's immediately been painted and you feel that. Um, but Titania's dress on the Fratini version just sort of cuts off. He's just sort of faded it out. And she's just kind of, she's sat down, but she's not sat on anything. So it's a little bit awkward. Whereas here, the artists put a little bit of a ledge for her foot to go on. And then he's just painted her pink dress into this lovely sort of pink sort of thing that he's got going off on the left-hand side. He's really blended it really well. And it is really beautiful to look at. Uh, but apart from that, it's, it's not right. really doing much else. Yeah, I think it's a pretty, I think it's a very pretty poster. 
And I think you're, I think you're right, Sean, in terms of context of what it would have looked like in in Paris in the sixties. It would have it would have worked in that city in that time. So I suppose that would have been successful in that sense. But you're absolutely right. Uh, Grant does look really lonely and fed up back there. Do you need to hold? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to remember that these are basically uh, works for advertising. That they 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 weren't ever designed to be works of art hung on your wall. They're, they're designed to sell a film. That's and that that I think that context is crucial, and that's something that I, I've spoken about this a lot when I've chatted about my Japanese posters and the love for the crazy montage photo Japanese posters that they did in the 60s is that they are specifically the artist is specifically catering that work for their international market in that country and I don't think there's any better representation than that than the From Russia With Love posters where they've all taken they've all taken the same starting point which is Rattini's poster and that image of Sean Connery and then adapted what's around it it's really fascinating it also, I suppose, as well, the the colours here. What's interesting on all the posters is that they advertise Technicolor, which is a big thing at the time. So there's a lot of colour in a lot of the posters, but this doesn't scream Technicolor at you. It's it's actually it's a really it's a it's a really good point um, because you know uh, there's a lot of red, a lot of strong uh, colours in uh, the Frattini uh, poster, you know. Um, but even even the kind of the the red cufflink, you know, which is which is a kind of a focal point on on the British quad, is kind of muted and subdued here. I do actually like the way that there is a little kind of reflection of colour on his bow tie on the satin of his of his of his bow tie. I think that's quite nice, and there does seem to be a little bit more kind of as Paul said, a little bit more attention paid to kind of lighting on on Connery's face on Bond's face. You know, he feels like he is actually being lit by the surrounding colours of the of the poster, whereas um, you know, with just a white background uh, on the on the British quad, there's it's it, you know, there's nothing that's kind of he's he's a figure in isolation. Whereas in this, you know, it's it's his surroundings do tend to sort of inform the colour that is on his. That's on his face, I think, or he seems to be lit by the by what's around him. As well as well, this this poster, it's kind of like it feels more like postcards than any of the others. So they're focusing on that international travel sort of element of it, and that the lighting feeds into that whole. They're trying to show it as a little bit sunny, a, a little bit different, I guess. That's the element they're kind. Of, I think they're really kind of going for. I, I I think it's interesting that you know Bond being a you know from the UK being being a British secret agent. A lot of what Bond represents was sort of escapism and, and foreign travel and exotic travel and um, exotic locations. Uh, it's interesting if you live in a in what would be I guess an exotic location. You know, for a lot of people, Paris is somewhere that they've dreamed to go. Uh, you know, you've got to kind of sell the the otherness and the exoticism of, say, somewhere like Istanbul or wherever it might be, you know, if you already live in a beautiful sunny city, <laughs> you know, you've got to you've got to kind of sell why this would be, you know, why this would be escapism. Yeah, I mean, uh, Peter, you haven't had much of an opportunity to comment on on the French poster. Was there anything that we didn't cover that you thought ought to be said? Um, I think I agree with, with with most of the comments. I mean, it, the poster does remind me a little bit of a cosmetic advertising in a sixties magazine, partially because of the colours and, and everything. But but still, I mean, you know, I, I I love the 
overall variation, um, you know, that, that you, you know, you have the original Fratini one, and then you have kind of all these different variations, which are like kind of similar, but then again, you have all these wonderful little details and variations per country, and I quite appreciate that, because it's, it's a lot, you know, more exciting than, you know, nowadays you have the same poster, you know, in every country. But I, I'd like to actually um, uh, move away from Europe. So the poster that I have picked is actually an American poster. I mean, most people probably know, but the, the American um, poster campaign for, for Marsha with Love was very, very different to the European one because the um, art director, David Chasman, decided to go um, for a much more photographic, typographic um, um, style instead of the usual illustrations. Personally, you know, there are, you know, I'm not super keen on all of the US posters, you know, um, that came out. But there is one I especially like, which is the um, the half sheet and half sheet poster. Um, and the same artwork is also used in the six sheet. Well, that's really difficult for German to say six sheet poster. Um, so it's um, what I mean is the um, you have a small figure of, of of Connery in the center, and then you have kind of five arrows pointing at him with uh, you know with kind of these catchy headlines like blast him, seduce him, bomb him, strangle him. And um, the the it's, it's interesting that the U.S. campaign focuses a lot more on violence. Because you kind of got, you know, you got a lot of um, um, shooting and explosions and everything. You know, you got women as well. But um, but also what I kind of like is the reduced style, which is basically just black, red and white. And the topography uh, and the and the spacing with these arrows, I find that super exciting because it's really something different. And, and I haven't seen anything like that. Uh, um, since. I mean, you know, some of the 50s and 60s film posters used kind of a more like a graphic design compared to something illustrate, illustrated. But for me, that um, poster is specifically or especially um, interesting because it's kind of, it makes an impact. And uh, it, it breaks this rule of, okay, we need to show our star big fat in the middle. He's actually like, you, you, hardly, you can hardly recognize him here because it's, he's, such, he's so small. Yeah, my first observation, I think, was that it's probably inappropriate for Kieran Bay to be shooting yes. or blasting James Bond. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, 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 you know, they, they, they took some liberties also with the, with the, with the plots, uh, you know. Yeah, you know. Isn't that called friendly fire nowadays? When you get shot Welcome in your America. back by your alleys? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no comment. <laughs> the, uh, the the second observation was uh, probably a more intelligent one, hopefully, and that this this looks like we're almost segueing into the Thunderball marketing with you know look up, look out, look down, look out. Oh yeah. yeah. And so this, you know, this they were obviously riffing, or Thunderball might be riffing on this kind of style of poster. And what I also kind of like when you when you when you look at the typography used. It is actually a major crime. It still works, but I mean, if you start counting how many type uh, like fonts they are using there, I mean, I kind of stopped. I think at eight or something, and even you know, they, the 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 somehow you know the, the target the unkillable James Bond. I understand why they had to squeeze unkillable to fit it into the arrow. The graphic designer in me cringes slightly and goes like, "Ooh, okay," but yeah, it still is an overall thing. It, it does work, you, Peter, because the, you know, the blast him, seduce him, bomb him, uh, and strangle him—they could have done a different font for each of those. 
<laughs> True. Yes. And, and 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 maybe some little little bit more color somewhere. Yes. No. But I think overall, when one you of them could have been Absolutely. <laughs> and also when you um, so the funny thing is that that Europe used a pretty similar font for for the titles. Why America used this, um, and I have no idea what the thing is even called the the font type. I mean, they did do the hammer and sickle thing for the O again, but um, it's it's very distinctively different from from what was used in Europe. And um, I I kind of like it because it's so it's 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 complex and still very simplified, and it's something new. I, 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 I think there's a, there's a lot I can say here. First, I'm glad you picked the six sheet instead of the one sheet here, Peter, because I, I really don't like the American one sheet. And I think it mainly comes down to that typeface. Nah. The one that they're using here is Blast Him, Seduced Him, but it's Copperfield. And it just reminds me of like a green grocers in the 90s kind of typefacey thing. Um, I think what's real, I suppose. Uh, and correct me, I, I might be wrong here, but is is it should we look at the context that From Russia with Love was released a lot later in the US than um, in Europe? Would that possibly play into why this looks a lot more different? I'm, I'm not entirely, because it wasn't released that. I mean, um, in the UK, oh God, guys, help me here. It was released around Christmas or bef- uh, autumn 63, and it, it, it didn't come out that much later in the US. But I think it's it's because you had two different, you had Eric Pulford um, running the advertising campaign in, 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 in the UK, and United Artists US decided to, to do something different, which, by the way, then extended even to uh, uh, to Goldfinger, because if we should ever talk about that on a, on a, on a later point, uh, um, you know, because Goldfinger also was kind of very much... Uh, picture and photo driven um, so they kind of set a style here so I'm, I'm not quite sure maybe, maybe it was an attempt to, to differentiate themselves against uh, um, you know other movies um, from the time I don't know just to interject here the release date in the UK was beginning of October 63 and it was uh, mm. late May in the USA of 64 Oh, okay. So there's actually, you know, almost a year. I I, I was unaware of that. Probably came out in New Zealand about 1965. (laughs) Uh, um, So I I was going to say, I think what's um, immediately so obvious is it's you've got the whoever the designer, the artist was, actually telling you directly where to look with all those arrows, but it's actually the last place Mm. you look when you look at the poster, (laughs) which I think is really interesting and. The the way the arrows are split up, they each feature a photographic element. Although the one inside bomb him, it looks like it's an image from a storyboard, not actually a shot from the film, which I think is really interesting. Yes. Mm. It's actually all the images are heavily retouched. Um, when you look, for example, at the at the women, look at the uh, lady um, in the in the um, dark bikini. That is actually from the photo shoot. Um, that is Alice Gour, um, and they made her a blonde. Um, and uh, so, so everything is heavily retouched. And yes, the bombing thing—you know—they they did take a, a photo, but painted the whole thing over completely, and and so with, with the other things. So, and also the the picture of Connery. I have never found a picture. This is taken from a photo shoot where 
um, after the explosion in the Istanbul embassy, where he runs through the sewer system with um, uh, with Tanya, you only see actually the, the upper part of his body. There are no photos where his legs are shown. So I think they actually took legs from somewhere else and just, you know, put it on. And then when, when you look actually, when you look closely at the figure of Connery, the legs somehow look odd. And it's the mystery of the mystery of Bond's legs. It's, it's, yeah. it's the uh, it, that's the theme of this podcast. He's also he's also left-handed in this, which is not like, true. I mean, I mean, it's not a kind of it, like so. He's 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 very small within the poster. He's he's kind of you can't see any features of him. He's looking away, as um, as Peter suggests, he's probably a composite of two photographs. It's a very odd thing to have your star of your movie be, you know, so small, so hard to identify. And, you know, I'm left-handed myself, so I'm quite, I'm always looking out for that. But it, it does, uh, you know, it's usually something that people try to, if an actor is left-handed, generally they try to make them hold, you know, guns in their right hand. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's left-handed, I think. Exactly, and you see a couple of times uh, there's a there's a moment in Die Another Day where he you know consciously switches hands on on the Antonov. You know, it, it's it's kind of in, interesting that, that that they would do that to to kind of spend so much space on on particularly the bomb him one. As, as Peter says, it's kind of like you can't even see what's going on there really, but you've got a huge arrow kind of all this space. Sort of devoted to this kind of obscure piece of action, whereas Bond is just tiny within the frame. And and the more I look at his legs now, the more I'm just kind of. I, I would suggest, and, and I'm not saying it's any way accurate, that they've. Okay, how, can you guys see the American one sheet poster, which has it has Bond, which looks like his head and his torso are from that exact same composition and they've put him in large on the right hand side and then they've given him a different right arm so i'd suggest that they've taken one or the other and just use it used it between each poster even though we're sort of a bit amused by the fact that bond isn't central to this one thought here is that perhaps of all the films this is the one appropriately where james bond is sort of the victim of the piece right like (laughs) the novel starts off with them plotting to kill James Bond. The yeah. film starts off with them practicing to kill James Bond, and he's the target of their attack, right? And so I think it, it also reminds me of things like The Third Man or something like this, where like there's a character that's being transported by the actions and events of other people. It's kind of appropriate that all of these forces are acting on James Bond, and yet he still prevails. And so that's kind of like shown in terms of the scale and the size, right? Like, you know, or um, North by Northwest or something like that, where there's like the reluctant hero who is carried along by the story as opposed to sort of using a lot of their own aut- autonomy. And they, they only just start to sort of understand what's happening partway through the film. Which is true. Of the, yeah, which is true of the, of, of the novel. And, and I guess also in the film, and he does look, you know, even in the other, you know, they strangle him. You know, you've got him, the only other real kind of detailed picture of Connery in this poster is him, you know, being strangled. So he's he is very much on the back foot in this, um, which contrasts very strongly with all of the other posters where he's, you know, smiling kind of laconically and kind of like he seems to be very at ease and there seems to be, he seems to be in charge of the action, so to speak. Um, it's a good point, Paul. I mean, the irony is, of course, that we didn't even, you know, the end of From Russia With Love, the novel, ends, uh, you know, in ambiguity, and From Russia With Love, the film, ends in triumph. So 
you know, mm. it's not an entirely analogous, but like if this was supposed to, to promote the book, I, my theory would be stronger, I think. <laughs> I think they should have ended the film with him just dead on the floor in his hotel room, just <laughs> killed the, the franchise there. Yeah, just stopped it because you know because it, it, it was obvious it was never going to work long term. I don't think it was. I don't think it had any real future to it. I think they should just no. yeah. I don't know. You might argue it's all downhill from from Russia with love. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another point. apart from the man with the golden gun, of course. Of course. Uh, so, can I ask you guys what do you what? How do you guys feel about the color scheme here on this poster? It's very spare isn't it mm. it's uh, I, I i think maybe maybe the red of the arrow is too much the, the from russia with love the red is okay but maybe if they had done that the, the arrow the, the the central arrow in a different color or or, or black or gray it would have the composition would, would work a bit better for me but it's difficult to know, really, because it's quite horrible. A bit like Ben's book cover, though. That's like it's like we chose maybe only to use three colors, and that might be for budgetary reasons. But mm. <laughs> if you're going to print millions of these things or hundreds of thousands of these things, then printing them in three colors instead of four is actually is it, yeah. Is it, is it not much of a sale for Technicolor again? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. I- I, I suspect this was actually done deliberately to 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 really re- I mean I mean this these are kind of very aggressive colors so you got black and red uh, um, so it is it is quite um, aggressive and in terms of you know saying this kind of like you know all the headlines I mean blast him you know bomb him shoot him strangle whatever um, so that kind of brings this point across quite well and also for me it stands out because if I if I remember kind of um, um, other U.S. posters from you know from the 1960s that were usually very illustra- illustrated, very um, very colorful and everything. So this is actually very very dif- different. It stands out, not always because it's probably the most beautiful one, but I, I you know I would notice it in a in a row of of ten other posters. I would probably this thing would stand out from um, to me because it is so reduced and so different. So can I, if I can piggyback off that point, Peter, I would agree with that, that when you compare, especially films that came out about the same time, so you're thinking things like Cleopatra, they would have had huge landscape illustrated imagery that was very rich in colour. This definitely would have standard out, stood out. sorry. And I guess what the artists will have done here is the colour red, you've got the symbolism of Russia and communism and the Cold War sort of thing really put to the forefront here. But I th- what I think is really interesting, and I personally don't I don't like this color scheme. Anyone again that knows my work will know that I don't like limited color schemes. I like bright and big and bold. But what's really interesting is is this kind of set a trend, and it set a trend for spy posters. As even if you look to today, if you see a poster that is for usually some kind of generic spy thriller or some spy comedy, they use black and white and red. And I don't know if there are any examples of that color scheme before this. And so I think this kind of, in a way, did something really important of bringing those colors and giving those colors immediate connotations of spy and the spy thriller genre. I could Again, I could be talking rubbish, but... So this is this is my take on this. I I feel like what they were trying to do with this poster was kind of connect to uh, Russian constructivism 
the, the kind of the graphic design of, of, of constructivism, which was a, a movement um, in art and design and architecture from, you know, the early sort of like 1913 to a, a kind of sort of 1917. So that, that I don't know whether, uh, I, mean, I, I think that was a conscious decision, but I don't know whether that would have been in, in the American kind of consciousness. Certainly the color schemes that they use within that tended to be black and white and red and very bold graphically. I wonder whether this was a deliberate attempt to kind of harken back to that because it because maybe that that had some kind of connection to to what Russia symbolized was this kind of like these strong kind of graphic images. And because of that, you're right, Sean, I think it's then taken you know gone forward to to be part of the lexicon of uh, of of design for uh for, for future spy films and poster art but i think it has its root in constructivism but that's my but that's my take i think you're, you're dead on and now that you say it i mean it looks like a propaganda poster yeah you know you know join the army now or something like that I, it's this this um, um watch a james bond style. film now yeah <laughs> I just, I just, I, so I just, sorry, I just on that, I've Google just googled spy movie poster, and what has come up is you get a lot of shots of people in tuxedos or and black and white for the Melissa McCarthy film, or whether it's Spy Kids that follows the same through. There's one here, the Spy Next Door, Johnny English, all of them have a character on white with the in black, then with red text in particular. Um, but one that's also caught my eye, and I don't know whether the, this again plays into the Russian theme, is that octopusy has also come up, and that the American poster for that follows the same color scheme in that you have Bond in a black and white tuxedo, and then you have octopusy in red, and you've got the title in red, and you've got flames explosion. It's all that same palette, and I, I think that's really interesting how that's yeah. carried on, and like you say, become lexicon for spy and graphic design. I, I don't think I'd noticed quite as now I just I did the same just the same Google search as you did Sean just as you were saying that I don't think it really occurred to me just how prevalent the white red and black is within this um I I kind of I I kind of I think deep down I kind of knew that looking at it now it's it you know just on a just on a random Google search it is kind of uniformly such isn't it I mean it's it's really you know 95% of them really fall into that category. It, it, it does. It seems like shorthand for spy on a poster. Before before I, I made my website live back in 2002 or whenever it was, and uh, I showed the design to uh, an artist guy that I know. And, and ba basically at the time, it was just black and white. It, it was it was only covering the books at the, at the time. And he said, the, the colors for James Bond should be black and white plus red. We, I, I never took him up on the red. I just kept it basically black and white. That, that's kind of curious. But about six months ago or so, I can't remember when exactly when I did a an update on uh, of the color schemes and, and fonts and so on used on, on my website. And wh while I was going through that process, I, I was thinking about the colors of Bond. And I, I came up with black and white, uh, for, basically for the books. Red for blood, that's symbolising violence. Then navy blue for for the navy connection, and gold. Mm. 
I try to incorporate all of those into into the redesign. And you know, basically, it, it's not much of a redesign. It, it, it's quite subtle. It, it's it's basically different fonts and, and different colors. But uh, uh, I, I, I just found it an interesting exercise to go through. And I I don't think I'd thought about it much before. And I think the person who actually triggered it was Lisa when she was talking about it when we were doing the the watch alongs on the films and she was talking about color a lot and I, I think that's that that's the thing that got me thinking about color and bond and then thinking back to to this artist friend of mine saying it's black white and red I, I suppose actually thinking about it well t- 21 of the 24 bond films we've got start with that with black white and red with that color scheme because they start with the gun barrel so mm-hmm. I think there's what there's one more quick thing I'd just like to point out on this post in particular that I found interesting is that it uses the 007 logo with the gun coming out the right hand side of the seven that we're all used to and would say is the 007 logo now. Whereas all the other from which we love ones we've looked at is that very original variation of the 007 logo that has the gun inside of it. I don't know if that's anyone has any knowledge on that. There is um, actually a difference between, um, so so Joseph Karoff, um, a New York designer, developed the the 007 logo, how we know it now. But actually the UK for, for Dr. No and for Marshall with Love used the European style, you know, the 007 with the gun inside um, variation. And that's very often um, mixed up. But um, even the Dr. No poster in the US used the original uh, uh, 007 logo with the, you know, with the gun barrel to seven. So from the beginning in the US, while uh, UK still used the, the old style logo, which also I believe was sometimes, or a similar one was used on the pan books. Yes, that's right. Because I, I originally I thought that it was uh, it was a pan logo rather than a film logo, and it was much later on that I realised that it had been used for the first couple of yeah, films. I, just, I honestly thought it was the pan mm. a, a pan logo, but clearly I, I can see now that it wasn't. Which is basically why I, I used it for, as the logo for my for my site, but because it was just covering the books at the time. David, remember when we uh, thought that we could do the books and the films yeah. in a single forty-five-minute podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's 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 good. It's good. Well, we we clearly picked the right people. Yeah, your your skill and knowledge and your enthusiasm for for this and uh, and you know as much as we've pointed out to ourselves and to the audience that yeah these things are done quickly and with a particular purpose in mind. It's amazing how many of them, despite our nitpicks, would actually look quite nice on my office wall which is looking a bit bare at the moment i, I said it before i i, I love this poster it, it, it is it, it is art it, it is it's fantastic love it uh, meaning the the, the the not not this particular one i mean the, the british, <laughs> the british <laughs> one yeah 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 agreed agreed well uh, thank you for joining me everyone and we'll probably call it to a close here but i think there's a general enthusiasm from from this group to get together and do another book and or film um dust jacket cover it's combo yeah, I'm, I'm going to start thinking about what ones I'd like to do next. But that just leaves me to thank Ben, Peter, David and Sean for joining me on this adventure and we'll talk to you in a week or so. Thank you and great talking to you all. Fantastic. Thank you so much, guys.